movie podcast for Terminator Dark Fate. My name is Tom Chick. I am here with Christian Malinsky. Uh, I would like to be known as Taquito. <laughs> or Taco. Can we call you Taco, Dingus? Also, fine. with a Terminator Dark Fate tagline, Kelly Wand. I'll be hack. <laughs> Kelly Wand, come on. Give us a better one. You can Wait, do better. Is Taquito a small taco? Because I was yes. thinking that ring. Really? Because they're not. Because one's round and cylindrical, and the other one's like a hemisphere. Anyway, I didn't guess know what, that. Guess what, guess what they call a small judge? Uh, a mini. An Alito. Aha. A Judgeito. Oh, okay. I got that one. Yeah, I mean it's kind of dated, Dingus. I think I think the sell-by date on that one is expired yeah, you're for a while. Racial, but it is a good one. It's confusing. So Kelly Wan, are there more Dark Fate taglines? Wait, did he did he write that joke? Dingus? No. Oh. oh. I think I Dingus it sounded like something that just it came it was a product of your immediate wit, I'm guessing. Just, yeah, well he said it thoughtfully. Like, if it had gone over better it would have been. <laughs> Remind me to tell you oh, I'll tell you later. Okay. Catchphrases. Finally a Terminator whose superpowers hand CG. They're getting fed. That was better than the first one. How about a third one that's even better, Kelly Wand? Finally, a Terminator movie with dialogue written by chimps. <laughs> Kelly Wand, these are getting, these are getting, uh, these are getting like angrier. What? <laughs> Is there a fourth tagline for Terminator Dark Fate? Fudgement day. Hmm. Too soon. That you should have led with that one. I feel. What? Yeah. Is there a fifth Terminator Dark Fate tagline? No. Okay, in that case, let's have Dingus tell the listeners a little bit about this movie without spoiling anything, Dingus. Give us the basics. All right, well, this week we saw Terminator colon Dark Fate, hmm. a t- 2019 action-adventure science fiction direct sequel movie about future shit. It was directed by Tim Miller, with screenplay credit to David S. Goyer and Justin Rhodes and Billy Ray. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel free to look up story and character credit on your own, as there's a lot of those. <laughs> Are there really? I would have thought it was just Cameron and Gail and Heard. Are there's there's more than that? Well, there's a lot of story credit. Okay. Um, it stars Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mackenzie Davis, Natalia Reyes, and Gabriel Luna. Terminator colon Dark Fate is rated R. What? Come on. Terminator movies are PG-13. Everyone knows that, Dingus. Why would this one be any different? It's rated R for violence throughout, Mm -hmm. language, and brief nudity. Well, it's pretty brief. Kelly Wand, is there anything missing that the MPAA should warn parents about? I would alert those officials to my observance of an improper use of final draft. Um, some dark fates, graphic audio, mild situations, and a butt. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. So Dingus is right on that last one. Yeah, you guys definitely uh, overlapped there. Very nice. Get it? Terminator <laughs> Dark No, Terminator Dark Fate is at seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The Metacritic. Did I write this correctly? Uh, the Metacritic average is fifty-four. That's low. The Cinema Score rating, a B plus. It did not get the A. That a movie should normally get from CinemaScore folks. Uh, it opened at number one, 
but it was about $10 million short of expectations, and it is since, it, it's basically a box office bomb. Um, it did not make much money overseas, didn't make much money here, uh, and Variety even had a piece about how it looks like they're going to hit a $100 million loss with this. Mm. So, ouch. Kelly Wand, maybe you could punch up the script a little bit, which I'm guessing Billy Ray was brought in to do. What if you were to give a plot synopsis of the Terminator Dark Fate as you perceived it? What would such a thing be called in your worldview? Kelly Wand, I would call it the Terminator Dark Fopsisopsis. You always trip up at the vowels. (laughs) Did I get close? uh, yeah, I forget what you said, but it was right, actually. I was just gaslighting you. What'd you say? Terminator philopsis, binopsis. I basically threw a bunch of, yeah, yeah, vowels, L's, and S's at you. and it, it, they, they normally it's like you're take... shaking dice, but they have letters on them. When you sure, sure. And I, well, uh, the gamer. Yeah, I came up Snake Eyes. Terminator. Oh, that, that was Snake Eyes just now? You're Snake right. Eyes is bad. Isn't uh, it? Unless you bet don't pass. Oh my God! Is that actually? You actually know craps rules? Yeah. I Why like would it. you know that? Uh, it's fun. There's not that many rules you need to give a shit about. A lot of it's sucker bets, Tom. I'll show craps you. is we'll so, okay. Okay. We're gonna go for your birthday. Uh, I love it when movies have craps because nobody you can't express craps like in, like people understand visually poker, but movies just can't pull off a craps scene because it just to the average audience. They don't know what's happening until the movie has people like cheer or, or moan. Uh, like the, the 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 person playing the game has to react to tell the audience what has happened. Uh, craps no, is like they that just go attack. seven and everyone screams yeah, and then you go oh okay. But it's not always a seven's not always good though. Right, if you do, if you bet don't pass, and if you're right, no seven's not. Thing is, good. why are we talking about craps? What did you say? Why are we talking about this? I agree with Dingus. Dingus, get in here and break this up and tell Kelly Wan to do the synopsis. Yeah, we have more important things to do than discuss Tom's gambling problems. (laughs) Do a synopsis of the hard seven of these movies. Terminator Dark Fapesis. Warning, the following opsis considers every Terminator movie canon until my tickets for Rise of the Machine, Salvation, and Genesis are refunded, although I haven't seen Salvation. A bunch of Terminators come out of the ocean and stare at us. <laughs> On an insane asylum's YouTube channel, Linda Hamilton yells at us. I'm out of order. You can't handle the order. I think I'm a waitress. And I'm telling you, the end of the world. Robots from the future with Austrian accents that age and do jokes. Daenerys plays me. <laughs> Christian Bale yells at a PA about a C-stand. Some words are all the 90s. To celebrate annoying CG and throwing Arnold's arm into lava, me and John went to a beach bar in Florida called Bring Your Son. Twelve-year-old Edward Furlong raises his margarita at a yawning bartender. And that's why it's called Pet Cemetery 2. Hasta la vista. Suddenly, naked Arnold walks up and shoots him in slow motion, then stares at us and goes, For John! By the way, I'm not the Terminator in this pot. I'm just an irritable surfer. <laughs> she walks off while Linda Hamilton waits patiently. Then she cradles Furlong's foot. Furlong, no. 
Although I guess keeping you alive isn't as critical anymore. I guess it never was, as long as we burn the arm. Ah, well. Hasta la vista, baby. Beside me, the candor farts awake. What'd she say? <laughs> Hasta la vista what? Suddenly, Linda, Ham Linda Hamilton's phone bleeps. She reads a text. Now I feel bad about killing your son. Come kill Terminators at 6155 Johnston Circle in Pittsburgh for John? I lean over and go, Cersei Daenerys, Dingus, who is your favorite Sarah Kramer? Her name is Connor! <laughs> <sighs> Come on, I'd sit on that joke for months, Dingus. Lena Hetty hey. played a Sarah Connor? Huh? No, Did there's you... a Connor in Olympus has fallen. Oh, oh, okay. Dingus gets upset about people named Connor. When you said Cersei, I thought it was a Lena Hetty reference. I'm, I'm confused. Never mind. Sorry. I, carry on, Kelly Wand. My bad. No, Cersei played Sarah Connor on TV. That's what I was asking. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. You didn't? That's news to me. That's, that's cool. I that's, edit that's out cool. the joke explanations later. <laughs> Hamilton's brains VOs all. For 25 years, nothing happened except three other Terminator movies similar to this. And two Dark Phoenix battleizations, also similar to this. Suddenly, on a Guatemalan freeway, that blonde girl, Bijou Phillips from Halt and Catch Fire, shows up naked in a Terminator brand time travel crackle sphere. <laughs> I try to ignore Top's boater poking my ear. She kills some cops, so they subdue her and take pictures of her vagina until she wakes up again and murders them some more. Beside me, Neil deGrasse Tyson's all. That's actually true. You do have to be naked to time travel because nothing inorganic can travel through time unless it's the metal of a Terminator or human bionics. Or he gets up and goes to the box office to show them his math. Meanwhile, a sinister naked Latino Terminator named Gary appears on a different freeway. But the drivers are all, Neh. <laughs> That's an everyday occurrence. Meanwhile... Father, put your socks on before your shoes. Ah, Consuela, my daughter, you remind me of your mother, always saying things. Consuela, I'm your brother in this. I think my name is Manuel, for I am strong and mean well. The next day at a car factory where all the kids work. Sorry, Manuel, our uh, mutual off-screen boss just gave your job of making robot arms that make car engines to another robot arm that just makes robot arms. Actually, it's engines broken, so we need you to call the Skynet tech support number. I mean, Legion tech support. Oh, thank God Cameron's back. No, making robot arms is my life. Let me cry in front of the boss character. Oh. No, Manuel, if there's one thing I hate, it's your tasks being taken away by others. So I'll talk to him. Uh, wait, it's my job, but... Hello, children. You forgot your sack lunch. JK, I'm a Terminator. <laughs> Their dad turns into black CG, and then the CG farts out a silver Terminator with no skin, the kind that always dies easily and walks awkwardly. Then he turns back into his default Latino likeness. I lean over to Claire Danes and go, how come a shapeshifter has a default likeness? Suddenly, Halt and Catch Fire murders a factory worker and steals his clothes and starts attacking Gary with a tray. Then she shoots him with another tray. Manuel's all, by the way, I'm still in the scene, and pulls a switch that says drop car engine real fast, <laughs> crushing Gary momentarily. 
Manuel Zal. I still think he's my dad, by the way. Behind them, the boss is all. You're still fired, by the way. The robot arm did the real work. Halt and catch fire, Zal. Come with me if you want to survive the next 30 seconds. <laughs> See, we changed some parts, made them longer. Little value for you. They all run away giggling while Gary CGs into a Latino man shaking his fist, and all the factory workers do a slow clap. A bunch of stuff on a freeway happens. Beside me, naked Arnold stands up. In the classic bathroom farce, Terminator Genesis spelled wrong, which Tom and Dingus considered the great film and spoke about admiringly at great length on this podcast. I played the classic Terminator character named Pops and hide my gun inside a teddy bear to trick the time-space continuum. In that film, Carrie's was also iconically portrayed by Jay Courtney. Our Kristen Stewart. Also this February, we will be retconning this film, Dark Fate, with an all-new Terminator film. The Terminator. Syntax error. Password strength weak. The recoming of the machines. Judgment more days. Fifteen. Fuck you, asshole. And in March, we'll be retconning that with The Terminator 9. Judgment Fate. Also in April 2020, I will not be releasing a film, but in October of 2039, prepare your garlic cloves for a cataxula reborn. Blood feast of the faulty carburetor. I'll wait for Redbox. Shut up, Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner, I will Redbox your ears. I hear your wife's name is Martha. Eventually, the movie becomes louder than them, and they both get fucked up until <laughs> Meanwhile, in a truck, I'm a bionic woman from the future, so my name is Grace. I come from a retcon spinoff future where Skynet's arbitrarily called Legion, but they still have Terminators called Terminators. Suddenly, Manuel stabs himself in the leg. Oh, go ahead, leave me. My story is not important. The rest agree and leave while the car explodes. Gary walks up, CGing his arms into tentacles for some reason. Now I will stand here before I kill you. Or should I say, we will stand here. He farts out that battle terminator that also stands smirking. Grace is all, damn it. I guess my plan of blowing up your brother was lame. Suddenly, Linda Hamilton drives up in slow motion, shoots Gary and the metal Terminator, shoots them some more, then shoots a rocket and a grenade that makes them fall over a guardrail. She drops a thermos down on them and then scowls at us. I do have time to bleed. I mean, looks that old woman saved our lives. They steal her car and drive off. Later, Hamilton. <laughs> Suddenly, Grace yawns and starts losing interest. Oh, by the way, I have to rob drugstores a lot. It's a perk of bionics. Oh. Later, while Grace robs the drugstore, an extra is all, please let me help you. I hate this pharmacy. Later, they walk into a <laughs> hotel room with Linda Hamilton in it. Looks like I somehow caught up with you. Uh oh, it's Chandler. <laughs> by the way, I'm wanted in a couple states. 50, actually. Apparently, killing Terminators is illegal. Someone texts me plot points. 
Wait, he, he texted you to go to the middle of the freeway? How, how did he know that? Why weren't you at the factory? I know. In front of me, Lindelof saw. And why'd they send another primitive Arnold T-800 to Florida after both it and the Robert Patrick one failed? Beside him, George Lucas is all... Yep, John Connor died as a kid. Who sent that Kyle Reese to conceive him with Hamilton? Beside him, Brett Ratner's all... Yeah, so no matter what you do, the same apocalypse happens, but under a different name... Grace is all, look, Linda Hamilton, you're old. I'll handle running away from Terminators with Consuela. JK, come with us. But first, let's go to America. I have an uncle. Many people ride a train to see him sit at a table and wear a hat. <laughs> all right, let's go. By the way, I used to drink a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Dingus. There's only really two actor voices, if you think about it. It's not me. It's the world we live in. Not my lack of range at all. We drive around. Grace is all. Consuelo, I know you probably have a lot of questions about time travel and the future and my abilities and our plans for survival and, you know, what we're going to do next. But more importantly, do you love your father and brother? You know, those dead extras from before? Consuela shrugs. Later at a table with the uncle. Wow, I've never seen a blonde girl kill a fly that slowly. Ooh. Guess all the shit you said about the future and Arnold being DeVito's brother also has to be true. Can't argue with dead flies. Well, here's some train tickets. It should take you right to the middle of the United States Border Patrol Detention Center. Later. Yay, we did it. We're in America. Freeze. Uh, okay, Guatemala and Ingenues in this cage, Bionic Blonde Women, this one, and Women Wanted in 50 States for Unspecified Offenses over in this one. We'll ask you guys questions later, maybe. Look out, Gary's attacking with a, uh, a drone. Chillenhall oh. <laughs> nudges me excitedly. <laughs> Here the drone, cinematically. He's in his space helmet, but I know it's him. From the nudge. Grace tricks guards again by stealing a uniform again and murdering them. Then she frees all the illegal aliens, or at least opens their cages so they can get shot or die in the desert. Later, good, we've somehow found this remote cabin from which someone's been sending me texts about where to kill Terminators for 30 years. <laughs> yes, I should have been curious about this sooner. A gray-haired, naked Arnold in his 70s opens the cabin's door. <laughs> he had to get backstage from where he was sitting. So. <laughs> now his seat's empty now. I actually went to a play of this movie. This was like a table read, naked table read. Hello, after I killed Edward Furlong, I married a woman named Alicia, Alicia Vikander, and I started the drapery business. <laughs> My mission was over. It seems the next logical thing to do, according to my programming. <laughs> By the way, I age. <laughs> I may have the memories of the other Arnolds in the Red Card movies. I also texted intel about my fellow Terminators to the mother of the child that I shot in Florida because I'm old in this movie. That's what you do. 
Robert Patrick once said, I too am good in this. I'm their child's nanny. <laughs> Christiana Logan and the Predator walk up. Yeah, uh, this is me. I'm Forrest. Yeah, we all live together. Red Sonia walks up. I play a mom in Creed 2. Now, if you excuse me, I have to bring in the groceries. My wife does not know I'm a robot. She just thinks I break all the chairs when I sit on them because the chairs are poorly made and I'm a clumsy oaf. <laughs> How did we meet, you ask? Well, she saw my picture on the news for murdering Edward Furlong in Florida. Like everyone on Earth when that happens. In broad daylight in Florida. And she went, that is the man I wish to marry and have a child with. Somehow. That murderer. Child murderer. She was not a fan of Edward Furlong. Linda Hamilton shoots a few holes in his shirt. John would have wanted me to do that. <laughs> he hates shirts. Holes in my shirt would be hard to explain to Alicia rather than my pants. She's a very perceptive woman. <laughs> I also love whatever our child's name is. I think it's the Candace. <laughs> Suddenly a car pulls up in the driveway. It is Alicia and whatever our child's name is. <laughs> he goes outside to talk to her. I lean over to James Cameron sitting beside me and go, wow, Alicia married a Terminator? I can't wait to see what her character's like. Alicia drives off honking. They'll tediously watch Arnold walk back inside. I just told her the day I told her that she would drive off without being on screen has come. <laughs> Grace is all. All right, now to kill Gary, we need to use an EMP. Okay, audience, that's short for electromagnetic pulse. FYI. James Cameron's all. What's FYI? <laughs> and the bad news, uh, I forgot to bring one. Ugh. Although my power source would work. <laughs> See, I could only bring that one. But that'd kill me. So let's try something else first and just not be dumb. I know a guy. He'll be black. <laughs> Later in someone's garage. The important thing about curtain runners in the pale avocado is that they add an easy punch of pattern and hide the ugly blinds and windows and prevent the radiation leaks. Naked Arnold nudges me. I improvised that. I'm back beside you, by the way. Black Extra drives up in an RV. Damn it, Hamilton. This is the last EMP left in the supply closet. Oh, what? Oh, God damn it. It's Gary in a helicopter. Totally different from a drone. They get in a slow-moving plane and drive off slowly while Gary makes a fist out of CG and shakes it at them, then attacks them some more. Suddenly, guys on this plane, check it out. I just found the perfect weapon to frustrate a shapeshifter with blades for hands. Check this shit. Grace attacks Gary with a parachute. <laughs> he gets stuck in it and flails angrily. How do I? I gotta cut it? Oh! Beside me, Harrison Ford, Lucas, and Spielberg shake their heads in disgust and walk out. Later. <laughs> Bad news, everybody. 
Arnold holds up the EMP peppered with bullet holes. I accidentally <laughs> shot it. <laughs> Hamilton's black friend died for nothing. Suddenly a jeep makes them get into it, then goes over a dam. <laughs> them inside. Later in a foundry with lava and pits. Arnold and Linda Hamilton, though. <laughs> Swayla, it's me, Halt and Catch Fire. Your knee's crushing my... <sighs> Never mind. By the way, you're acting just now when you said Arnold and Hamilton know. Oh, that was what made me join the post-apocalyptic Air Force. So I lost really bad. So they rewarded me with bionics and time travel. <laughs> Gary's all. By the way, I'm still attacking all of you. Cutswilla, quick, take out my power source. Cut it out of me while he CGs slowly and he's just near us, standing there. No, my power source. No, that's Hamilton. No, that's Arnold. Eventually. <laughs> Farewell, Grace. Halton Catsfire, lady. Thank you for your sacrifice or power source or whatever and for whatever words you said. But first, I think I will try this shotgun on the Terminator. Damn it. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Consuela trips and gets da 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 da. Power source almost falls into a pit, but an animator hits delete and Gary walks off screen. By the way, I don't like Alicia after or selling grapes. Back to the lava for me. Arnold walks into some lava. For John, the greatest twelve-year-old I ever murdered. Linda Hamilton turns to Consuela as they get into someone's jeep. All right, kid, if you want to survive an apocalypse, you have to be ready. But first, let's go to this bar in Florida and party. Pretty sure it's fine by now. <laughs> they drive off all the Terminator theme plays, and Bigelow sneaks out the exit. <laughs> I lean over to Scorsese beside me and go, well, thank God we're done sitting through rehashed cover band versions of 80s nostalgia. You and McGregor and Stephen King stare at us while the Shining theme starts playing. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Hey, Dark Sleep. Kelly, I feel like that's the synopsis that uh, so many synopses in the last year or so have been leading up to. Oh, it's like well, a naked Arnold's moment of glory. I know, literally. Yeah. He's never looked better, except in Terminator 1 and the other ones. Well, let's see. Um, Dingus, why don't you go All first? Right. What, what's a movie better than Dark Fate, a movie not quite as good, and what did you think of it? Right, a movie uh, not quite as good would be Underworld. Um, I'm going to just pick movies where, uh, the women are, uh, the leads because that seems to be increasing in underworld, um, that that's Kate Beckinsale, right? It is um, yes, with her husband, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it started it, but it, uh, it kind of gets the ball rolling in a different way. Um, and uh, over it, I would put The Long Kiss Goodnight, um, the Gina Davis movie. Oh, with Sam Jackson. Man, I don't... Yeah. I don't. I uh, may have never seen that. What is it, Dingus? Um, it's actually just a really good... It's uh, the director. And the, Shane Black wrote it, didn't he? Or am I dumb? No, you're right. It's produced by Shane Black. Um, and uh, it's... Kind of one of these, uh, I didn't realize uh, I had been trained to do this, movies. Okay. Um, right. Regular person is a super spy. Right. right. Okay, cool. Oh. Right. And I really like her in it. Uh, I like their relationship. Um, it's surprising coming from Rennie Harlan, but it works. 
uh, and it has a good sense of humor. And, and I really, really like this a lot, uh, mainly because I like some of the touches that it does with its sense of humor. Um, and I went ahead and watched uh, it with my son after watching the first two movies with him. And we had a great time. Hmm. So next. Dingus, you subjected your son to brief nudity. Uh, yep. Cool. According to the MPA, Kelly Wan, what's a movie better than this? A movie not quite as good. What did you think? Uh, I'm a T3 apologist, and I think Arnold's better in that movie than he is in this. I didn't like Arnold in this movie as much. And my under's Genesis, which I like less than this, and I didn't like the action in that movie. As I like the action in this movie a lot, um, although it's kind of repetitive. But it goes on forever, and it was really loud and crunchy. Um, but I really can't remember anything about Genesis. If you guys can remind me things you liked about it, it like I don't even remember anything that happened in that movie. Well, we so. will. Or I, I got I got something queued up. But oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, I like Little Hamilton. I didn't like the ingenue, and I didn't think Arnold was uh, as exciting or made sense. But I like the action sequences a lot. What's um, a movie that's not quite as good as this? Oh, oh uh, no, Genesis. you said Genesis. What's a movie that's better than this? T three. Oh, oh, okay. better at it. Right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. But I like Dingus's uh, Long Kiss Goodnight pick more than either of my picks. Uh, loud and Crunchy is a good way to describe it. Kelly Wand, I also I, – I thought I might be the only one, but I, I quite like this as well. I don't think it's very good, um, but right. I had a great time at it. And my over and under are sequels that basically betrayed their earlier movies by changing a fundamental rule – but I still didn't mind because I. But I didn't mind because I still enjoyed it. Uh, and my over is a movie I just adore called Twenty Eight Weeks Later that I feel completely screws up what Alex Garland and Danny Boyle were doing in Twenty Eight Days Later. But I didn't mind because I love that movie so much. My under was going to be George Romero's Land of the Dead, which I remembered watching and and liking. Uh, but I started watching that again tonight, and ugh, that is terrible. No, and it, it's. Everything post-dawn's not that good with it. I know. I don't know what I was thinking. It, so I – that's still my under, but it's it's a wretched movie, and you know it does this whole thing where, oh, we're supposed to sympathize with the zombies, which I feel like breaks the fundamental rule of what George Romero did in the original movie. The same like with 28 Weeks Later, and the same is going on here. This whole idea that Terminator acquires a conscience and a family I just thought was ridiculous, but I didn't care. I just had a great time with this. <laughs> it's funny. When it's bad, it's funny. Like it's not boring so much as what? Like, well, here's where I would uh, distinguish it from Genesis, Kelly Wand. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for the first, I, I, at least until Arnold is in this movie, it's it's pretty joyless. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of earnest, and it doesn't it, it doesn't want to do any jokes or do anything funny. But even uh, yeah. when Arnold arrives, I'm not sure that it appreciates what it's got. Um, I don't, and, and whereas I think that, that Genesis did knew how silly Schwarzenegger could be. And we were in on that. Uh, I think the funny stuff in this was kind of accidental and even accidental or incidental. Um, yeah. Whereas Genesis, I think, was was well aware of that and appreciated what it had with Schwarzenegger. But and he's in that move. He's in that one way more, if I remember right. Like he's a major character in this. It's almost like a cameo. I I didn't know he was going to be I in this. But I hated the action in, that, in Genesis compared to this. But, fair enough. Sure. Sure. You didn't uh, know he's going to be in this. Well, I didn't, except you kind of spoiled it for me. Uh, I'm and sorry. I, I'm sure everyone in the world knew because I think he's listed in the – he's in the trailer. I watched the trailer afterward. Dingus, did you it's know that Schwarzenegger spoiler. was in this? I think he's on the poster, isn't he? Okay, because I didn't even know that. So. I Plus, I remember reading that. that he and Cameron had reunited. So obviously he probably didn't reunite behind the camera. Right. Although he did direct a 
Tales from the Crypt with Kelly Preston. It's kind of good. But yeah, I didn't. I hated. I don't know. I hate. I was kind of really bummed by Arnold's character in this. Well, for me, and this is this is just my own little uh, obsession with her. I'm just so much into Mackenzie Davis as an actress. Yeah, she's great. She's, she's great. great in this, and I just yeah. she's like long and lean, and she's kind of really into the part. And I just yeah. love watching her face and how expressive it is, and those big old blue eyes. And I'm I'm just so into her that the fact that she was in this movie so much just really was was crucial to winning me over. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that Sheila was and good Hamilton for me are both too. really good. Yeah, I like two of them. I liked half the cast. <laughs> I I really loved her. I mean, I I loved it when she showed up. Uh, I had sort of put a lot of that out of my mind that 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 was going to happen. Um, and I just love the way she sort of discovers the part. And I love little things like yeah. "Don't thank me yet," and uh, and the future shit line where you know what are you doing future shit. I mean, I really, I just, I just loved the way that she kind of is simultaneously dismissive of Sarah Connor, but also she's doing the same kind of pontificating that Sarah Connor does. I don't know if you want to call it that, but just pre, just this, uh, we have to do this for the sake of the future. By the way, I think Legion is a really lazy thing to call the the computer program. I mean, I would have rather... No, no, it's not original. It's used in a ton of stuff. Yeah. I would have rather them used something completely dry and inert than using Legion or Avaka um, or anything. I so could, empty. yeah, I. It could have just been some weird computer pro. It could have been called DOS for all. And Skynet's kind of good because it sounds really gen- like it sounds like it couldn't. It could be benevolent if you didn't know what it was. But then when you hear it, you go ah. But she goes on and on about stopping this and why that this is important for uh, all of humanity. And there's this moment where they're in the chopper and she's flying it and Linda Hamilton's listening to her. And she's just about to say, well, she's right. But she gives this look and I just interpreted that look to mean uh, Sarah going, boy, that's what I sounded like to so many people for all those years. Jesus, why did people stay around me? I mean, she's just like, this woman is driving me nuts, and that was me. Because I've seen myself on videotape do this a thousand times, um, and she's just over it. And I love the way that Linda Hamilton says, I'll be back. I mean, she's so Yeah, weird. that was good. That was a good uh, entry for point line for her. Yeah, and it's, it's not it's not said with portent. It's just like, I'll be back. You no, know, she said it great. Your delivery was great, I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wasn't as warm towards uh, Linda Hamilton. I felt like she – well, actually, here's why it worked for me is wh- what this movie was doing is splitting the Kyle Reese part amongst three different right. characters along a spectrum of humanity. One of them is a complete person. One is a half-cyborg, half-person, and the other is a robot, and I like that as a concept. Uh, it reminded me of what – I think the last Halloween movie should have done when it has three ladies and they're all final girls and they're related. And I thought this was a much more clever uh, – like I thought that movie squandered that concept. Whereas this movie really leaned into it a little bit more, and I really liked that. Um, so even though I thought Hamilton was a, a little – I mean I don't stiff. know if she's out of practice. I've just seen her – I saw her recently in this movie called Bermuda Tentacles, where she—it's like an asylum movie where she plays like a a, a naval commander, and I just felt yeah. so awful for her. And um, oh, you let these things get on top of you. You see someone <laughs> snakes in a movie like Ruby Rose and Batwoman. You're like, ah, oh, I could never like her again. 
Well, no, I still love Ruby Rose. I just think she's a terrible actress. Uh, and I still, I, you know, I, I love you seeing so Linda. Excited. I loved yeah. seeing Linda Hamilton in this, and I loved how aged she looked, and that she looks, she doesn't look like her someone voice. who's had a lot of plastic yeah. surgery. And her voice is amazing. I just love yeah. how how gravelly it is. Like, yeah, she was great, but I didn't. I, you know what? It's hard to act next to Mackenzie Davis. I'll just say that maybe. Uh, it's, I it's know a tough what you're comparison. saying. It's also like the first Terminator has no wasted characters. You're kind of invested in all of them. Like you want, you're into her and and Kyle Reese. And in this, I wasn't into the the woman they're protecting, and she's supposed yeah. to be the, turn into the badass. And that I was a real weak point, wasn't it? When we see her, like her supposed transformation was not earned at all. You're killing off Edward Furlong for that. Not that Edward Furlong is the solution, but like, you know, you've learned who's, nothing. Is who's better, question? Kelly Wand, her or Edward Furlong in T2? They both stink. <laughs> right. And Edward Furlong's insufferable in that movie. Yeah. And she oh. didn't stink in this, though. I mean, she was just kind of there yeah. and, like, and pretty. But but once but they... She can, she can give a line reading, at least. He couldn't. But the problem is once they asked her to carry this weight of becoming a significant savior right. of humanity, like the whole conversion into John Connor, as a, that just completely fell flat because of that poor young lady. It's not a bad idea, yeah. but it's also telegraphed, but she's not – She's completely unconvincing in that role. I, I will say one thing that I did appreciate, and I I just uh, love seeing this, uh, whether it's in superhero movies or Star Wars, but I love seeing this in the Terminator franchise, especially because it's written by a guy named David Goyer, who I just kind of makes my skin crawl. Um, but I loved <laughs> in this movie how uh, how full it was of minorities and women, and how how much of the early part is just so Hispanic, so Latino. Uh, right. I loved that. So I love that they brought her along for, for that. I liked him too. I liked the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was, was really good. He, what was good is he was like, he had such a nice boy, like Robert Patrick always looked creepy. Schwarzenegger looks like scary weightlifter. He's just like a, a nice golden boy. Like he's a good kid. Like, and he that wasn't was a cool overselling tweet. the cold. Like he wasn't yeah. overdoing it. He was when he talked talk to those like Texas marshals, it's like, wow, yeah. this Terminator is charming. Because <laughs> I remember watching the Sarah Connor Chronicles. This is what turned me off the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Like five minutes into it, a Terminator comes into a classroom and he goes, class dismissed. And it's like, why would he say that? Like this guy didn't talk. Like he didn't seem to say, I don't know. He let his, his face was his warrant a lot. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, it's a little repetitive. Like it's a little similar to the Terminators we've already seen because he's kind of, he's he turns into CG. Um and Speaking of his face being his warrant, um, I did find the minority thing to be interesting, especially since one of the Transformers movies, and I kind of meant to bring this up as, as a possible over-under, uh, completely used so much Chinese money, I think it was Chinese money, um, that a lot of the characters were Asian, or at least a lot of the setting was in Asia and in China, mm-hmm. um, and and I kept asking, well, why is this happening? And Tom, I think you were the one who was saying, well, that's where all the money's coming from right now, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting to see that shift a little bit. Uh, I don't know if we're necessarily getting money from Latin America for production, but at least. Latin Amer- Oh, there's, sorry, an underst- there's an understanding of population shift. Yeah, I, so I'm glad you brought this up, Dingus, because the, the financials behind this are really interesting. Uh, Latin America is not a big market for, for, for movies, unfortunately. Um, but this was definitely made for an international market. And that's it's also bombing there, unfortunately. This oh. movie, 70% Chinese financing. 
Oh. Uh, yep, 10% Paramount, 10% Disney, like 10% Skydance, 70% China. This is, for all intents and purposes, this is a Chinese production. Um, but it's bombing in China. It's bombing everywhere, unfortunately, and I think that's a, a more of a marketing issue. A, a, a B-plus on CinemaScore, I'm kind of facetious about that. Like, the audiences who should have been roped into this, I think, would have enjoyed it, but I just think it, it wasn't marketed well. I think it's, I, frankly, I think it's kind of a tired franchise, um, yeah, so I think. But I that, feel bad for Mackenzie Davis. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I was so hoping that this would like be some big break for her, and more people would know who she is, and she wouldn't after be Blade like. Blade Runner, also, or she's also good. But she's not. I don't, I don't think in Blade Runner, like she carries. She's throughout this movie. She's got a great oh, memorable yeah. part in Blade Runner, and they like literally draw Anna De Armas over her at a certain point. Um, right. But this is is completely her through and through like you can't watch this movie and then not remember who Mackenzie davis is so it makes me bummed that more people that this movie isn't isn't doing better um because this would have this would have changed her career dramatically yeah and she really gave it she gave it a pretty good uh, well like here's the thing is she i don't i don't she put the work in and i I've, I've mentioned this movie before there's a a similar it's a it's a mess of a movie and the studio hated it and tried to bury it it was released in something like literally four theaters it was supposed to be a big theatrical release uh, a kind of a comedy horror movie called freaks of nature kelly wand did you i know you haven't seen it dingus but did you ever stumble across it kelly wand no um should i it, uh i i think kind of yeah because I want it a supporter is, now well, it's such a huge, sprawling mess, and it's the first place I saw her, and she is striking in it. It's a pretty terrible movie, and it's all over the place, but just like in this, like this this young Canadian actress with big blue eyes, you just can't come out of that movie and not remember who she is. Um, so, uh, yeah, in Freaks – and I just think that's a common characteristic of pretty much everything she, she's in. Did either of you guys see Tully? No. 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 All right. Uh, Catch Fire. I've seen all that. She's... What about a horror movie? So there's a there's a remake of a, a crappy slasher movie called Black Christmas coming out this December. Do you guys know about this? No. Yes. So Black Christmas, Kelly Wand. I cannot convey to you how excited I am about Black Christmas. And do you know why? Mm. No. The director is a woman named Sophia Takal, and she's got one other movie to her credit. Uh, and it's basically a Mackenzie Davis psychological, almost Polanski-esque uh, horror, thriller, weird, uh, just just eerie movie um, called Always oh. called Always Shine. Always Shine. You've seen it? No, but you've, oh, oh. I've heard of it. Yeah, because I've definitely talked about it before. And the introduction uh, to Mackenzie Davis, like Sophia Tikal definitely understood – the power of Mackenzie Davis and really marshaled it to full effect in this movie. So whatever Sophia Tikal does next, even if it's a remake of some crappy 80s or 70s slasher horror movie, I'm super psyched to see. Uh, and that's next month. Uh, but anyway, so that's just, just to get to your point. Oh, Always Shine, she's in it way – yeah. I mean the, the, the introduction of her character is just basically her talking into the camera, tight shot for five minutes, and it's amazing. Uh. Um, but but so to your Black point, Christmas? no, unfortunately, I don't know any uh, of the actresses in Black Christmas. Um, but to your point, Mackenzie Davis always gives 110 percent like this, and and this is just another example of that. So I, I absolutely right. agree. Yeah. 
But I've never seen her, like, even a Halt, halt Catch Fire. And TV shows are more work than movies, usually. Like, just the, str- the hours are shitty. Right. It's more of a, yeah, exactly. It's more of a, like, having a job than having yeah. a summer camp fun project. Yeah. But she'd have to do fight scenes on that, like she did at this. She would, like, her physicality in this was just so awesome. Yeah. 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 And the way she fights. And also, like, maybe the one thing that was that wasn't given away by the trailer is I thought she was a Terminator. I didn't know she was, like, a bionic lady. So, well, that's it. with trailers that's when she innovation. <laughs> when she when she appears on the bridge and there's the young couple and the cops come in. I didn't know if she was the Kyle Reese or the Terminator, and she's a little of both in a way, uh, which right. which I thought was really a really cool reveal. No, I knew he was bad because just from the way he talked to cops. Well, but we don't see him until until after we've been introduced to her, though. Like yeah, she arrives first on the scene, we don't know there's a second one. I mean, we can assume there's a second one coming but we see her arrive and then fight the cops before he arrives at the clothesline uh, courtyard right maybe this i feel like this movie didn't make and yeah um i think that's when we she's first and then that's like they always show up in the dumber traffic scene the humans <laughs> well, but uh what was i gonna say <laughs> oh it's like do you think this movie made less money because it's the same fucking plot as so many other Terminator movies, and that's the part that well, like, people who are on the fence about seeing it. Like my you, mom thought it was great, and my stepfather was like, oh, "It's not as good as uh, this one." The Prometheus. Uh, you, uh, you're gonna hate to hear this, Kelly Wan, but I, I think it, it, the R rating hurt it financially. No, uh, I, I, I mean, I, no, yep, no, absolutely. No. This, this was the R rating hurt it. The the franchise just the fact that it wasn't marketed well. I mean, I think that's an issue partly because when Disney and Paramount only have a ten percent stake in it, they don't have as big an incentive to push it. So if it, that's a separate if it, issue. If it well, but if, that's the thing. If it tanks, they don't care. So they don't really have to push it. Like Joker's R rated. It's most. It's the. It's Joker's the is most. an American studio film though. Mm. And it's also a superhero franchise that's uh, – I mean that's even though it's, it's DC. What are you talking about? It's not. It totally is. Well, it's Pe- supposed to be a one-off about like it's not connected to like a, a larger thing. It is, I would As argue it is connected to – Terminator 6 where it's the exact same storyline. I would argue that it is connected to a larger thing and that it's connected to superhero and comic book culture. Whereas this uh, yeah. is just a Terminator thing. This is just this is just it's like Rambo. This is just an '80s movie that's been drawn out over the decades. I, I think, like well, I Ghostbusters. Gonna, Ghostbusters is another it's I think, example. Right. I was going to ask about that because they use the terms augmented and enhanced. And does uh, Fox just own those now, as part of oh, the? the well, they they use those to mean X Men. Instead of being able I, to use mutants. I hope you're not right. I hope you're not. That's well, crazy talk. The, they're not allowed to use mutant. Um, yeah, but and... it's... Wait, Fox isn't? Well, they are now because they're Disney, but Fox Plus, wasn't supposed enhanced... to... Who wasn't supposed to... Bionics. Yeah, what? Who, who wasn't supposed to use mutant dingus? Fox or... wasn't. Uh, or maybe it was Sony. I might be thinking of Sony, actually. But that was when, when before all the Marvel stuff united under Disney, like that was one of the restrictions on, on some of the folks was they couldn't call things mutants. Right. Oh, so wow. they, they called them enhanced instead. That was but, back when uh, the other Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver um, were instituted. I, I, I would be surprised if that was the case, Dingus, but it is worth noting that Disney did uh, put the Fox – label on this movie <laughs> like it was it was disney through their fox label now so 
Um, but yeah, that that uh... was. But but I really do think it was. I think it was more of like a creative thing to put her halfway between being the Kyle Reese and the Terminator. Enhanced like to, human is not someone who has bionics. So it's different definition. Right. Well, they, and they did. I think augmented was what the official. When when she's wounded, she says augment me. I think right. Like wasn't that just, her? Right. She yeah. vol- she volunteers to be a, to become an augment. Right. 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 You can be in another studio and say augment. Come on. Right. Ridiculous. I doubt. Yeah. I don't. I don't think anybody's trying. But but uh, that it it's definitely worth like listening for that sort of thing. Given what Dingus is talking about with like calling things mutants. Like what is it that DC is trying to sell for their superheroes? Doesn't DC have a term like specials or something? That's not right. Like what? What's Celeste. the file? Oh that yeah, they, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. There's like a file that uh, that I think Wonder Woman gives Batman at the end of one of the dumb movies, and they're called. Specials yeah. or supers or something. Get Carradine on the line. What is right, it right. called? But is Dingus, you're you're right to have an ear for that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Ultra humans or something. It's something oh, it's, stupid sounding. Like I, I, that, they're not gonna keep that. That's it really cool. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, does either of you guys know a Netflix series called Love, Death, and Robots? Yeah. No. Why I are like you laughing, it. Kelly Wand? Uh, I have, I have, okay, I only have six of them left, but. That's the it. ones I like are probably the not the ones you like as much. Did know. you know who's responsible for those? No. So his name is on every episode as created by, which frankly doesn't mean a lot given – so Dingus, Love, Death, and Robots is Tim Miller. Uh, he's listed as the creator, and he's the one that, of course, directed this. But mm-hmm. what he does is dole out to different CG studios – uh, short stories adapted into scripts and has the CG studio do some unique or some distinct animation for it. So it's an anthology of about 15, like 10 to 15 minute shorts. They're all it's like very four of them. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a lot of them, and they're it's all very different from each other. And mm-hmm. Tim Miller is credited as creating it. Um, and so the, the thing is, they're, they're they're also they're they're also they're I think oh go ahead ask. No, go ahead. Well, they're also uh, – and this is a, another uh, selling point for it. They're also very R-rated, uh, in that, mm. and it's sometimes very forced. Uh, you know, they're neat, And I think it's kind of filling the, the niche that something like heavy metal would have occupied yeah. when we were kids. Yep, um, yep. Good analogy. But anyway, the point being, I, I think most of them are really good, and the ones that are good are great. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and like, like Kelly Wan mentioned – you know, we might not like the same ones, but there's just so much variety in Love, Death, and Robots that I think anybody sitting through all of them, and it's not a big ask considering how short they are, is yeah. going to find something really appealing. Yeah. And even the ones I don't like, it's like I still like the art style. I'm just like, ah, that one's not as like, good. Like, I right. only care about story and stuff right. like that as opposed to Could you? Would best. you have a favorite so far, Kelly Wand? The one I like the best is the one where the – um, guy goes on the ship and he finds his ex-girlfriend. That yeah yeah beyond the Aquila Rift. That's my favorite as well. Yep. Is it? Yeah. Oh. That or the great. first one. I really liked the first one partly because I wasn't sure what to expect. Partly because it had yeah. like in the in it in the course of its 15 minutes, it had like two or three really good twists. Yeah. Um. So the first yeah, one's great, sure. but so far beyond the Aquila Rift is is just. Uh, and the animation in that, we have mm-hmm. come so far since that uh, Robert Zemeckis train movie. What was that? Yeah. And it reminded me of heavy metal, like you said, like in yeah. the best way. Like this has everything a good heavy metal story has, like that kind of ending and that yep. kind of concept and that kind of like. It's it's dark, it's sensual, it's disturbing. Uh, yeah. The music, yeah, yeah, heavy metal kind of. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good shit. I don't think so, it's for Dingus. And that's that's. <laughs> but there, but Dingus would enjoy some of the stuff in there, and that's uh, Tim Miller. Like he he has the credit for that. Uh, well, what I, I was going to ask you was, uh, you said that that Tim Miller parcels these out to special or CGI studios. Uh huh. Um, and and they give a concept or realize a concept for the design of it. Mm-hmm. Um, are they also in charge of the thrust of the story, or does that come right. pre- prefabricated? They, I think part of the value of this is it comes prefabricated, Dingus. Like the one that Kelly Wand and I just mentioned. Kelly Wand is a Joe Lansdale story, isn't it? Oh, really? I'm pretty sure it is. I might be... I'm almost 90% positive that Joe Lansdale has the story credit for that. But no, Dingus, they they take an existing short story, they have a screenwriter adapt it, and then they give it to the animation studio to do the things like the animation and the visuals. And what that means is you don't have some poor animation studio – I mean I don't want to be a dick here, but I don't think animation studios really are good at coming up with narrative necessarily. They they do a great technical work, um, but they're given – I'm pretty sure they're given like the creative work done, and they're told, hey, you know, give this your visual imprimatur. Uh, All right. Well, it's like a challenge for both of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I didn't know if, if that was sort of the – Let's see how far outside the box you guys can go kind of – we'll see if you can stretch. Um, Go ahead and give us the concept, and while you're at it, go ahead and write the story. Yeah, they they definitely didn't let a bunch of tech people write the stories, I'm pretty sure. The style, the animation style is all different too. That that is part of the value too is any given episode you you boot up. Yeah, Yeah. is what is it going to look like? Right. So there's a fun it's it's like anthology, it's like Twilight Zone where you go, Oh, they're really good ones and then you think of there's like fifty Civil War ones, you're like, oh. Well, um Kiernan was really surprised seeing this at the uh at some of the C G in this, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Um he was shocked actually that Edward Furlong looked so good. I thought the whole reason <laughs> For his back being to the camera was that they were just going to hide him. And then he turns around and Kiernan leans over and goes, wow, that's really good CGI. Um, And I really wasn't paying attention to it. And then I suddenly realized because my assumption was, oh, the reason he's facing the bar is so that we can't tell that's a different actor playing this part because it would be impossible for him to play it. But given what they did with Kurt Russell, like in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 thing and what they've done with some other Tron legacy, brah. Well, even in this, though, even in that scene, by the way, you see young young Linda Hamilton sitting at the table. Right. Like you, they already show you, look what, what we can do with uh, They love CG. bars, those characters. The CG, and it, and it just gets to what uh, I really wish credits would do, is I wish that the different studios were credited for specific scenes, because there was some bad CG in this. There was some good stuff. <laughs> I never noticed. I'm not good at uh, it. Some, just... of the, some of the integration of human movement and animation was really jarringly done. Like watching... Well, yeah. Yeah, and then so that was like really bad CG. Some of it was fine, um, and I certainly, you know, the the melty black robot effect, like that's all very obviously CG. But these days, I, you know, you expect that sort of thing. Like, well, I, I describe that as really like making this into a goo movie, because it it really feels like. Um, one of those, like, it, it's a cloud of brown miasma or a black goo movie where we're not going to really try to come up with something interesting. We're just going to make it a bunch of goo that forms into something. I, 
I find that completely uninteresting because it just feels like sludge. Well, it's exactly and, like at the end of Planet of the Apes with Jason Clark, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, it's 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 na it's nanotech. Um, but uh, wait, now Dingus, people that, are going to think that I'm an idiot. <laughs> you have, we have to own up to the one getting that wrong. Great. <laughs> well, he's trying. Um, well. Uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam Vidovich is the one writer that we had, and he, he says that mm. some of the CG is really good, but the part that he takes umbrage with is some of that movement that you may be referencing, Tom, uh, where when, when a character has to uh, suddenly jump around real quick and yeah. to me looks like Spider-Man 2, um, it, it doesn't look real. It just looks like, oh, this has been animated. Well, uh, I, I think part of what that is, and I don't really have much in the way of technical chops, but I think the Spider-Man comparison is great because people who are standing there subjected to gravity like an actual person suddenly become these weightless, rubbery figures. Right. Uh, and there's a, there's a lack of weight to some of the animation. That uh, I, Why doesn't Tim Miller point that out? It wasn't a problem in Deadpool, I don't recall. Um, no, no. And the, and actually, uh, the other thing that I thought of was the way that Upgrade handles, um, and you guys didn't mind this, Upgrade handles the ability of his body just to compensate and do things that his body shouldn't be able to do just because of a software change. Uh, but the way that the Terminator kind of stands up in that weird, I mean, the... the uh, the uh, the double Terminator, whatever it is, whatever those things are called, the, no, uh, the nine, revision nine, I believe, right? Well, the the one that like splits off from him and runs around right. and doesn't have a brain, uh, and does this weird sort of stand up thing that is uh, that would almost be humanly impossible if you didn't have gymnastics training, right? Exactly, uh, yeah. But still seems to have a bit of weight to it. Sam's problem, and I kind of like this, uh, is that he really likes it when uh, – let me actually – he sees how he puts it because I, I like this. He, he goes, it's, it's – um, uh, the shiny rubbery look breaks the illusion. This is disappointing as I'm a sucker for people getting smacked and flung by super strong characters. <laughs> but this seems to have none of the fun wire work that that consists of, or if it does, it's covered in a glaze of ugly CGI. And the, there are moments in some of the other movies um, where you see a character just get flung against a wall and you just, you, you kind of feel that impact. And, and some of these fight scenes go on for so long that you start to lose that, especially some of the stuff on the plane where they're weightless. <laughs> Uh, and they're just being flung around, and there's no real physical consequences for them whatsoever. Right. Um, that was I've, that was enough wire work for me for like a year and a half. Like yeah. <laughs> wire work in that, I'm good for a while. It was like yeah. <laughs> Well, I started to think about different. Uh, they, I mean, I, the first time I really heard about like planes, like the Vomit Comet being used, might have been Apollo 13, yeah. to create that that sense of weightlessness that they would shoot for they, they could only shoot for 30 seconds and as i sat there watching this whole fight sequence go on where the characters are weightless i started to think is it even necessary i guess it's not even necessary to have that anymore i mean you can just animate it and we're getting to the point where it can more or less look real without having to send them up in a plane well, Gravity was basically a car an animated movie. Uh, for, right, for, right. Yeah, yeah. 
But Tom Cruise really drove that helicopter in Fallout. So. <laughs> Made all the difference. <laughs> yeah. And Tom is really impressed by that. Ugh. He's never seen a helicopter driven by an actor before. So. <laughs> uh, I, I did just as far as like nitpicks. Boy, they could spool up a helicopter in a C5 super quick. <laughs> like, like the. Yeah, the, just the time it took to to warm up that big jet and even that little helicopter at the border patrol. It's like, come on, I'd take it. It's got than... Hobbs and Shaw time and space. It, it, Kelly Wan, that's exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, like when she drives, when Hobbs and Shaw, when she drives out a door and she's ten feet away from Idris Elba, and then he walks over to her and she's gone to the cab. That's this movie. <laughs> In microcosm. It did. I mean, you can't help but think of the Fast and Furious where they're driving out of the airplane. Which one was that even? I don't remember. Where they're driving seven. the cars out no, of the six, airplane. Six. Seven. Six, no, really? Seven. Yeah, Eight? Seven was seven no. they – Kelly wanted was seven five. Seven they parachuted. <laughs> oh, don't get me – dude. Come on. But come that was me. so – you know, when they, when they drive the Humvee out. <laughs> no, because six is the one where they lose Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, but six is where they're chasing a plane down the runway, and seven's where they parachute out of the plane into the trees, and Tyrese's right. like, woo! And it's his idea, and he's yeah. like, I- I'm not going out. Why are and you sending me out? out? They, like, drop the thing under him, so he has to fall. I actually am a complete sucker for that, but I, I did I know, like, me too. I did oh. like the way that it took forever for that plane to get off the ground. The, I wish the, this group had been that exciting in, in uh, Dark Fate. And also, they don't say Dark Fate, they say Fuck Fate in this movie, and I think that was right. the real title of the movie, and they just had to studio note it. Well, you know, uh, Mackenzie Davis is in a movie with Fuck in the title. Yeah, she is. Izzy gets the fuck across town. Aw. So and I everything with her. I, I do, I, I do. I put music mixes together for Kiernan just to introduce him to different songs, and I put um, Axemen on one of his mixes, and after the movie, I'm like, by the way, the uh, the Grace in this movie is one of the women who sings that song that I put on that mix of yours. And he went, oh, wow. And we started singing it. You can also oh. tell him, Dingus, that the uh, other woman in the duet is one of Thanos's like, helper uh, chick sidekick henchmen. Oh, okay, yeah. It's right. Carrie Coon. They put a bunch of makeup on Carrie Coons in one of those. I don't even remember which one it was. At any rate, one of those goofy things with Thanos, uh, she's one of his sidekicks. So, uh, Scorsese just wrote in telling you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the one who fights the all the women. Um, I'm I, interested. God, I honestly don't remember, but yes, I. She had like, I think Carrie Coon had like a, was it like a big old horned head or like you would have no idea that was her under there, unfortunately. And and she's in the scene where Captain America is introduced, and she throws that weird spear she has at him, and he catches it. And yes, she gives, she gives this look like how nobody's been able to do that before. And she's going to go on and then sing that song with Mackenzie Davis, and as he gets the fuck across town. Yep. Yeah. So. Speaking of spear catching. Okay, so the action stuff, I was totally on board with that, and partly again, just. Mackenzie Davis, just the physicality. I Mackenzie Davis with that chain is not something mm-hmm. that will leave my memory for a while. Oh, I yeah. need like that. I need like it. That she's was, your Mila Jovovich. She, oh, Kelly Wan, she is. Well, Charlie, yeah, she is. She she's is. your Charlize Theron. She I also she's a very Charlize Theroni. I thought. I think it is. They so, should make a duet movie. 
They should make a movie. Oh, like Kelly Wand. Uh, oh, that's the best thing in all of, of creation. Tom would just sit there glued, like just watch it and loop like Lala. Like, oh, my God. Which one do well, I want? Well, but you know they have. Yeah, I mean that that's a thing that exists. You guys know, don't you? What? No, what? Oh, you jerks. See you a movie? You can have your actresses that you like stapled into La La Land? No. Uh, Charlize Theron and Mackenzie Davis are the leads in Tully. What's the matter with you jerks? Oh, all right. Oh, uh, all right. I'll watch it tonight. And I don't. I. I mean, I. I, I want to say something, but I can't. But uh, yeah, they're they're. Never mind. Tully is one of those movies that nobody saw, but you should see if you care about either of those actresses. No, I really um, like that Tom Hanks landed the plane like that. That's a really good movie. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, here's something also I love about Mackenzie Davis. You know the hmm. English. Uh, they can't say the word anything in an American uh, accent. <laughs> She's not English. No, she's not, but she's so Canadian, and every now and then it comes out in a vowel, and I just find that so endearing. No, like when she'll good. say the word cop or dollar, it's like, oh, Mackenzie, you haven't quite lost your accent yet. It's she's so from cute. the future, and Canada is the future Air Force. So. I guess so, yeah, yeah. So, But I can just hear her voice like when she catches on those vowels, and I, I love that. Uh, she buy drapes <laughs> from Arnold. Okay, so let's then talk about our Arnold. <laughs> I feel like you're bearing the lead here. Uh, I, I, he looks great. I'll give him that. Davis. Why is he aging? I know, right? I mean, what if, what why Kiernan, is he turning human? <laughs> one of Kiernan's favorite things was watching the way he develops, because he watched... We watched... <laughs> it's not him. It's not the same guy. God damn it. It's fucking movies. All right, sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, go continue. ahead. Let's hear what you have to say about that. <laughs> no, that was it. It was just a rant. It came out of me. I didn't even want to say it, but it like... No, I understand it's one of your traumatic things, but I wanted to hear if there was more like that you're angry about as far as his hair is concerned. Arnold's? Arnold's yeah. hair? That seems to be your main gripe, is that his hair gets gray. No, his beard is... Uh, everything. It's it's not just the color, dingus. It's the mileage. <laughs> right. uh, I thought for sure there would be a Carpet Matches the Drapes reference coming. Okay. Oh, right, dingus, right. Kelly Wand, Kelly Wand, I'm disappointed in you. He's running a drapes no. company. Come on. That was one of my Easter eggs for the podcast. And I had to change it. <laughs> uh, so, having watched the first movie, which has a 100%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes, and Kiernan just sitting there because it's a terrible 80s movie, but it's a classic for what it was trying to do at the time. And I tried to explain this to him. He's just like. I don't know. How much more is in this movie? Oh, gosh. Uh, Dingus, I'm so disappointed in your son. You can never show him Jaws now. <laughs> and then um, and then we're watching – we watched uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day this morning, and he was just delighted as heck at the change in Schwarzenegger from this dour character to this guy who has a sense of humor. Uh, and, I, and I kind of explained to him what Arnold was – doing through that period of his career and how he realized, mm. you know, I, there's no way I'm going to make a lasting career out of just playing these kind of heavies. I have to, I have to branch out and I have to become more and explore comic timing and make that part of my, uh, my routine. My and, sensitive things. and so when he says something like, you know, I, and I'm extremely funny in this deadpan Arnold way. I mean, I was giggling. I was giggling through the whole movie because of those types of things. But part of that was watching Kiernan discover Judgment Day and watching Arnold, you know, say things like uh, um, cool it, dickhead, or dickwad. Uh, or, 
when it, when he says the words don't do it to the customer who wants solid drapes don't do it <laughs> uh Karen just thought that was hilarious so. did you see t3 because arnold's jokes in that are better than in this movie no because those are not uh, i canon well, it's not just that they're not canon; they're considered a part of a different timeline. This is literally called a direct sequel. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're a grown man. Please continue. Kelly, have have you sprung a leak? No, no. Um, no, this is literally called a direct sequel to the first two movies, and those other three movies are not part of the timeline. Wait, what? Those those three movies. <laughs> Uh, Rise of the Machine, Salvation, and Genesis are considered part of alternate timeline. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, Why? Where do you? Fi- this, how do you figure that? Because this is this is considered a direct sequel to the second movie, rather than and sort of an and Sam Vitovich calls it this, and Kiernan had it as well, and I didn't. And think she's dead himself. in the third movie, and he's alive as an adult, Tom and Christian. No, 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 no! But they don't. I thought all this gets fixed like in one of the. I, no, they just ignore it. No, they, really? oh, yeah. I just I, I don't honestly I don't follow the the finer plot points of how these things fit together. But I think not only make a sequel. It, he calls them alternate timelines instead of failed sequels. That's what Dingus is. Doing. <laughs> well, Dingus is like no, those movies happen, but in a physics universe that uh, that's how know. that's how Cameron and Gail and Heard refer to them. Uh, those three movies in the no. middle as. So yeah, cool I, I'm telling you that's what they do. You can say no all you want. I'm telling you that's what they do. This is called a direct sequel. Those are not. Those are part of an alternate timeline. It's not something I made up, Kelly. Because of plot points or because of a marketing thing? Or like if I were to watch the next three movies, are there things are, are there things incompatible with this? Yeah, Nick, well, Nick Stahl's character, for instance. I mean, well, he's, he's like a – gr- oh, but, but, but that's a – it's a time. I thought I'll doesn't doesn't time reset every time? Or I guess I just don't understand their whole time stuff. It, 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 here's what it is, Dingus. Uh, I I thought that all the time travel gave them license to do pretty much whatever the heck they want. It never right. even occurred to me that one of them would be incompatible with another one. But I guess you're right. So Nick Stahl. But I okay. Well, the, the, this wasn't my idea. This is what the filmmakers, the guy, the people who created it, had said. These are these three movies belong together, and these other three movies, while well, they're part of it, and the television series is part of it, uh, they're not directly, uh, they're not direct sequels the way that this is a reboot slash sequel to uh, Terminator Two Judgment Day. This is actually known as the Day After Judgment Day. It really does though sound like what Kelly's talking about is that they just want to disavow movies that didn't do very well. Uh, it sounds uh, like you're just trying you might, to. You might very well be right. That it's was my point. But anyway, making, it's not something I'm making up. And Kelly wants bringing That's a leak. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'm no, saying I think calling it alternate timelines is not. Yeah, I'm. So, I'm, I'm kind of actually surprised that a studio even cares. I mean, I guess they do. They have to cover their asses somehow. But um, yeah. All right. Well, now I'm wondering what are the finer points that are missing that we would have gotten in the last three movies, and I. I guess there probably aren't any, are there? I think it's just that they give themselves license to mess around with different things. Uh, like Chris, Chris, uh, Kristen Loken, is that her name? That that character comes through and has laser beams embedded in her and all these different gigas that she can use where the others 
don't necessarily have that. Um, well, and also, that's what I thought. Why, if they're doing an alternate timeline, that whole Legion thing is even dumber than I thought it was. Like, what I, I thought that that was something they had to do because Skynet had been defeated, or what? I, 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 that that was that was dumb, and I just thought it was oh, they had to do that because of something in Genesis or or whatever. Um, wow, all right, Legion, huh? It, it reminds me of uh, 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 in in um, the J.J. Abrams Star Wars. They have to like reboot the Empire. So, oh, uh, this is the New Order. It's not the Empire. Here's our New Order. <laughs> they changed the name, and then everything else is the exactly same. right. Exactly, yeah. They just uh... huh. So, all right, Kelly, you have a problem with Arnold aging, huh? It's just uh, it never came up before. Yeah, it did because because uh, he's it's real flesh that he's coated with, and it actually rots in the first movie. Mm. It rots. I don't yeah, that. yeah. When he when he's injured and he's in that motel room and he's like and he has to cut. Oh, his oh eye no! Right, out, right, right. And the and the janitor or whatever comes outside and goes, "What do you have a dead cat in there?" Um, he presumably smells, and you hear flies all over the place because his flesh is rotting. Right. It um, it it makes me think though that uh, like it, it raises sort of silly questions like, well, if is his flesh going to die at some point and basically just peel off of him? And I guess it is. Uh, yeah. Because the 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 idea is you just send it back real quick to kill John Connor. Who cares what happens to it? And you know. 10, 20, who cares what happens to it in three weeks? Yeah. So. Well, well, he talks about that in, in Judgment Day, but he talks about it in, with regard to his power source and his alternate power source. And and Edward Furlong asks him, Are you, do you live forever? And he goes, no, like 125 years with an alternate power source. So he's going to run out. And that's related to power source, but presumably it's also related to the limits of his flesh. Man, I just don't get robots. Which deteriorates at the same rate as a human by an exact number. So does he eat? Well, no. He refuses, actually, uh, when they go to the desert in Terminator 2 and, he, and they're handing out – and Sarah, one of Sarah's compatriots is handing out tequila. He refuses it. Uh, so he doesn't seem to ingest anything, and he hands out the beers in this movie, and he doesn't keep one for himself. Is his relationship with Alicia strictly platonic? Yeah, he says we don't have a physical relationship. Well, but come on, they live in the same house. She's she's kind of cute. I mean, there was an actress briefly there. Come on. Right, but he. I mean, maybe he can boner it up. Whoa, 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 Dingus! That's not where I was going. I oh. meant, do they cuddle? Oh. <laughs> well, he knows how to change a diaper. I, it did make me think of Under the Skin. Like I definitely during that when he's explaining the stuff, I definitely thought of. Uh, the whole issue with that in in uh, under the skin. Very different situation, though. That's what Cameron wants you to be saying. Oh, uh, Cameron! Well, All right. Well, uh, McKin or Grace mentions her private parts, but that's not what she's talking about. So, so okay, she, I I have to confess. I oh, go ahead. Yep. She just, she just says, "When did I tell you you could look at my private parts?" Ah, right, right. Okay, I thought. It, uh, I I haven't seen this movie. I. Uh, left briefly to use the restroom and came back, and there was an airliner crashing in a flashback. What did I miss before that? You missed that? somebody going, hey! <laughs> right? Yeah, they didn't stick around, unfortunately. All right, so that's, that's Mackenzie Davis describing... That was day you know, two. I didn't, I didn't see any of day one. 
that's her describing how all the power went out and they were told just get out of the city until things get better. Uh, and then this plane comes down because, uh, things aren't going to get better because there's no power in any of the cities and this isn't just going to happen. And, and this plane going down is, is not necessarily just day two. This is, uh, the world losing its ability to control anything. Uh, was there any cool, like, day one sequences of cities losing power? Did I miss any cool special effects? Not really. Okay. Good, then I guess I, I, I don't need to rush out and see this a second time to make sure no, that... No, there, there just wasn't a bunch of that, like, weird mushroom cloudy stuff in the background stuff. Because that's not what this is about. This is about the machines basically turning off, turning off the lights and, and leaving the room. So I guess that's what I missed. Or... Yeah, I didn't understand how... I mean, I heard... Yeah, I didn't understand like how it actually went down, so they explained that while I was gone. All right. Mm. And EMP, the thing that kills them, they used it to kill us. Oh, is that true? Okay. Wow. All right. I don't know. It's a little unclear. Yeah, oh. they they did. They tried to use it as a uh, – no, we actually used it to try to target I did get that. computers. Yeah. So we killed us yeah. through them. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, uh, invoking the Border Patrol? They're not – they're not detainees, they're prisoners. And then she like beats that chick's head against the wall. That was good. <laughs> it's topical, man. Terminator's taking down the walls, fucking taking it to the man. Get in uh, there. Yeah, I just, I just can't help but watch that and think, yep, this is what the world sees. This is how this is how we come across. Uh, I they did have like to the, make the mm-hmm. apocalypse up to date. They have to go, well, okay, so nuclear war. So the Cold War is over, so we have to... Well, it, it's way better than what Rambo did, where they just they did they just glossed over. Yeah, we're going to drive from Mexico to the U.S. Uh, with right. a corpse, with uh, bodies, yeah. guns. Yeah, um, yeah but, I, did, I did like that little like how you're how are you going to get across to the, the Mexican border with uh, um, undocumented Mexican national and somebody who has their own episode of America's Most Wanted? Yeah, and they definitely like acknowledged that. That's that's a border that America's freaking out and protecting. So that was part of it. I liked too the counterpart to um, in the first Terminator when she is taken into a, a police station. Back in the 80s, maybe people who are younger might not understand this, but when you see the movie, you're like, wait a minute, she's in a police station. There's a hundred cops in there. What's the Terminator gonna do? And then when he comes in and just guns everyone down, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. So they kind of play with that a little bit here too. She's she's been taken in by the American by the U.S. Border Patrol and by extension the American military. What's a Terminator going to do? And he just goes in there and fucks everybody up. Right. Well, Mackenzie David. Well, Grace says that. Grace says put a hundred cops between you and a Terminator, and you're going to have a hundred yep. dead cops. Yep. And so they put the Border Patrol between. The, well, actually, not even just the Border Patrol. Uh, this was kind of an interesting touch as well, is they retreat to an Air Force base and get on an Air Force plane with F-35 escorts. Uh, like, the, the the American military is protecting them. Uh, right. Which is yeah. – and, and, but then the movie decides to finish up in a dam sequence like that's – like D.A.M., like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really explore the full implications of this unstoppable black goo monster versus the U.S. military. I was kind of right. hoping there would be cool stuff there, but nope, they crash in the water to finish the movie there. Yeah, I would have liked that because you do get the distinction when uh, when he first enters as the female border 
agent into that little bunker and and the guy's like oh i just like a border agent here five minutes late and neglects to bring donuts um and it's clear that they are they're different than the border agents they're right. a different group uh and then they're of course they're all dead um they're one of the things that always struck me in the original terminator was how the 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 good guy was constantly being dogged by the cops. He was the guy who was always running afoul of the law. The cops were totally just chasing Kyle Reese through most of the movie, whereas the robot who's indiscriminately murdering people and shooting up nightclubs and rampaging through police stations, he tends to like be the one that gets away clean. Kyle Reese is always the one bringing the law down on him. Here, I like how they turned the tables with that, that idea. Right, right. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. I really thought I was didn't I I was prepared for the eventuality that I was going to be the only one that liked this. So I'm glad that you guys were into it too. I'm fifty fifty. I feel like if I start thinking about it, it starts annoying me more. Well, just just and then just remember Mackenzie Davis uh, swirling true. that chain. Yeah, it's all butterflies. Yeah, I love the way that thing sounded. Yeah. <laughs> And Kelly Wands, you, I imagine you keep your cell phone in a bag of potato chips. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I'm supposed to be in the office. <laughs> well, let's do a, another uh, revival of an 80s movie next week. Kelly Wands, what should we see? Or what are you making us see? I'm making us see Dr. Sleep instead of uh, doing a Midsummer podcast. But we're going to do a Midsummer podcast, I promise. I How can the don't... listeners participate in Dr. Sleep? If they see Dr. Sleep and want to say things about it in letter form, then we'll have us discuss whether they're right or wrong. Send in those opinions to 3x3 at quarter3.com with Dr. Sleep in the subject heading and so we sure. don't mistake it for three best screams. Uh, you, well, Dingus, what is Kelly Wan talking about? Uh, those are your 3x3 three three, uh, that we're going to do at the end of the month of your – favorite screams in movies and uh send those in as well um you don't have to if you can only think of one that's fine with us if you can only think of two and a half that's fine with us sam vidovich says that he loved seeing the end of this trilogy and that it's fine that it was one and a half movies good um <laughs> so uh so if you only have a couple of them send them in if you have all three send them in to 3x3 at quarter to three dot com Get us your thoughts on Dr. Sleep by November 17th, midnight, and get us your thoughts on your favorite screams by November 24th, midnight. We'll read that on the air. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Mukowski. Uh, it's Christian Murawski. And also Kelly Wand. My curtain rods match my carpet tacks. I'm sorry, Costner, that no one likes your apocalypse with all the water and you delivering the mail as much as my angry robots and Cartaxula and his undead army. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Dear, dear Kostnud, let it all out. Let it no way out. Ugh, I wish you two weren't so white. <laughs>